Every time you get up here, you hope you do a good job. And if everything goes perfect, that usually happens. You do okay. But when something happens like a microphone falling off the stand, and you're able to handle that with the grace of a Wes Green, wasn't that wonderful? I tell you what, that is something that he's able to do that. Good job, Wes. Today we're going to be looking at Romans chapter 8, beginning in verse 22. Let's be standing, please. This is the Word of God to us in our lives today. And remain standing to sing a fantastic hymn after that. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, Grown inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. And in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. May God bless the reading of his word. Hard to beat that one. It's that time of year as we celebrated last week with our high school seniors and the week before that with our college graduates, it's graduation time. And I celebrate graduations. I've been through several myself. My kids have graduated, friends and all, and it's just an exciting time. But as much as we celebrate graduations, I totally despise graduation ceremonies. I mean, what's good about a graduation ceremony? Not much. I tell people that if you see me at your graduation ceremony, you know I really, really love you. you know, they, they dress you up in these kind of funky robes, and then they give you a silly hat to wear. I went to college for 13 years. And when I finally got through with it all and showed up for my graduation they made me put that on. <laughs> I think it's just for humility, don't you think? What do you think? Should I preach the rest of the time in this? No. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I'm getting much sillier than that. You know, there's really only about two minutes worth of a graduation that's exciting. You know, right at the beginning, whenever the, all the graduates walk in and you're sitting there looking for the one that you're there for, and oh, there they are, there they are. And then they sit down, and then at the end, when they all get up and walk across the stage, you've got about 10 seconds that you stand up and scream and whistle and clap and cheer and all of that. And in between is just stuff, isn't it? And one of those things that happens in between is a commencement address. Don't you feel sorry for the people that have to give commencement addresses? Because they know, they've been through commencements, they know that, that probably no one out there is really listening. They're just sitting there looking at how long until this is over and we can move on. As someone who speaks a lot, then I, I, my heart goes out to those folks because it's quite a challenge to grab anyone's attention. 
And what they normally do, and this is a good thing to do, is they try to think of some bit of wisdom that they have found in life after graduation that has helped them, and they want to share that with the graduates. And I can admire that, but it's a challenge. Well, I like challenges. Therefore, I decided that instead of preaching a sermon today, I was going to undertake the challenge of giving a commencement address. Aren't you excited? Now, the reason I was going to do this is really twofold. Number one is I actually have a bit of wisdom to share. Uh, It really is something that I've encountered in my life after graduation that I think is helpful for all graduates. And the second thing is, is that although we've got a group of folks here that have just gra- are about to graduate from high school, you haven't had your high school graduation yet, have you? And maybe some that have just finished up college, well, I guess one did, Cornerstone, you've already had graduation, haven't you? All right, okay. Well, but the truth is that we are always, all of us, going through times of graduation. It is just the story of life, isn't it? That at all times in life, something is coming to a close. Something is ending, and we're moving on. Therefore, that's why I wanted to stop and think about that moving on. Because what's important is, what are we moving on to? Graduation is a celebration or a recognition that something has ended and are looking forward to that next thing. And that's what I want to talk about as far as my bit of wisdom. For I have discovered in life that it's not so much the closures that bring meaning to life, it's always the next thing that brings meaning to life. Now, graduations through all of our lives are met with mixed feelings. Certainly getting out of high school, yay. Getting out of college, yay. But talk to some who are on down the road. And you know that there are those things that come to an end in life that you wish you could hold on to. And yet they're gone. And now we have to look for the next thing. And there has to be a next thing. Unless we are to sink into despair, unless we are to wander aimlessly, we have to know what that next thing is. It is the next thing in life that gives life its meaning. Now, you guys that are just graduating from high school, what is the most common question you've been asked over the last couple of weeks? What are you going to do now? What next? Where are you going? You're going to college. There's a lot of options out there when you graduate from high school. You can go to college. You can go into some other kind of training program. You can go to the military. You you can do things. And that's what people want to know. It's okay, now you've finished high school. What are you going to do next? You graduate from college. And everybody says, well, now what? What are you going to do? Well, you're thinking about a career. I've got this job here, and then I'm going to work my way up that ladder, or I'm going to get married. We're going to have a family. 
And then you have the family, and then the goal becomes to raise the family, and then the goal becomes to get the family out of the house, you know. You've always got these things that you're moving on to, and every time one stage of life ends, then you begin looking for that next thing. The problem is, is when that next thing isn't very clear. Let me share a couple of trivial personal examples that make me think this way, and maybe leads on to something of more weight. As I mentioned, I went to college for 13 years working on different degrees. And I didn't realize until that final graduation, until I'd gotten the ultimate degree, that that was what really drove my life. It was always, okay, I finished this, now I've got to go do this. There's another degree to go get. There's another program to get into. And finally, I walked across the stage with the silly hat on, and I got home and thought, now what? And you may think that's kind of silly, but it wasn't. It was like, well, what do I do? What's going to keep me motivated? What's going to keep pushing me? I even looked around and found a postdoctoral program to get into at a seminary up in Kentucky. And I went all over the United States taking these courses just because I had to have something like that to keep going. I made it a little over halfway through that program, and I finally decided, you know, this isn't what I need. I do need a next thing, but I've done that. That's over, and I can't keep doing it for the rest of my life. Another little thing, I love to run. I have run since as long as I can remember. And I can remember thinking just even months ago, running early in the mornings when it's so pretty and got my music in my ears, you know, and it's just for, and I remember thinking, what am I going to do when it comes a time I can't run anymore? Well, not long ago, that time has come. My knees said, "Mm -mm, no more. So I get up in the mornings, I kind of just wander around the house. (laughs) What do people do in the morning? I don't know. I can't go out and run. And There's got to be a next thing to go do. There's got to be something out there that I want to do. I think about my dad. My dad uh, finished up his life for the last few decades in Odessa, Texas. My dad loved Odessa, Texas. I don't know why. (laughs) If you're from Odessa, I'm sorry. No, I don't mean to insult you. (laughs) But, you know, each town's got its charm. I just never have found it there yet. But my parents lived there, and they loved it. And and dad loved it. He just, I don't know how many times I heard him say, I live in the best place in the world right here in Odessa, Texas. Well, things went along, and mom passed away. And, you know, mom had been so much of his life for 60 years. What's the next thing? Well, he moved on. He found it. Then the time came when he fell, and he broke his hip. And my sister was here in Sterling City. I was here in San Angelo. We were the only ones to take care of him. He couldn't stay in Odessa anymore, and he knew that. Another chapter came to an end, another graduation, and moving on to the next thing. You know, we're always doing that. 
we're always coming to the end of something and looking ahead and saying, okay, what's next? And we just got to have that next. There just has to be something else to move on to. This text that I just read out of Romans talks about the next things. It talks about it five times. The Apostle Paul says those very words, the next thing. Now, in our English version, it doesn't come out that way. Our English version uses a different word, and that word is hope. But that's exactly what hope is, the next thing that we're looking for, the thing that's pulling us on ahead. Hope gives life to our spirits. Hope is like to our spirits what oxygen is to our bodies. Unless we have hope, our spirits will die. Paul says in unvarnished terms, it is hope that saves us. Isn't that marvelous? What saves us and gives us life is hope. And if we were to translate that a different way, what saves us is the next thing. And we have to know what that is. We have to know where we're going after this is closed. I want to go back and revisit that passage. And the first thing I discover as I start reading it is that even though Paul is about to talk about hope and how it is hope that saves us, he talks very honestly about something else. And I want to tell you, this is one reason why I believe this book is a gift from God. I believe that God lives and breathes in this book and and gives me life through these words because he doesn't skip over things and into some kind of fantasy world. He tells it like it really is. And so as Paul is about to talk about hope, first of all, he talks about a lot of groaning. Did you hear that word in there? Three times that word appears in this passage about hope. Well, that's because it's just realistic. As we're moving through our stages in life and as we're moving on and we're involved in one thing and then that thing begins to close on us and that chapter in our life is about to be over, there is a lot of groaning that goes on. He talks about all creation is groaning. And then he even says, even those of us who have received the first fruits of the Spirit, those of us who have God living in us, in His Spirit, we groan too. Because sometimes it's just hard. It is hard to face what we're going through. It's hard to face that what we have loved so much is no longer going to be a part of our lives. We groan inwardly. And we don't even know how to express that to God. We say, God... I don't know. What am I going to do next? What's going to be next? And we groan. And then then it talks about how the Spirit prays along with us. And guess what the Spirit does? It groans too. Because there's just no way around it. As the old saying goes, oftentimes in circumstances, there's no way around except through. And here we go. But God's promise is He's with us. And as we groan, He groans too. But then the beauty of it all is Paul continues to say, but be assured that in every stage of your life, there is hope. 
no matter where you are and what you're going through, that there is something that is the next thing out there. The greatest blessing of our faith in Jesus Christ is that he came to open a way through life that moves from one to the next to the next. And the greatest prize of all, the greatest thing that pulls us forward, as long as we draw breath, is always out there. There is always something better to come. The next thing is what we want. Now, you kids that have got so much of your life ahead of you, I hope, and I hope you all have long, wonderful lives, and you achieve goal after goal after goal. And, you know, some of us, we've been down those roads, and we can't go back and walk those paths anymore. We hope that you walk them with joy and with success. But I want to encourage you to remember that no matter what you do and how successful you are in life, that if your life is totally caught up in this world and this world only, you will come to a time in life where there is no next thing. But if right now, whether you're young or old, you begin to truly invest yourself in the Savior, in the Son, in the life of the Spirit that lives within you, and you have in your heart not only the physical goals of career and school and family, but of growing deeper and deeper in your relationship with God, that that will stay with you and will be with you at every step in your life. And no matter what age of life closes, there will always be a next thing, and the next thing will be good. And that is hope. And brothers and sisters in Christ, it is hope that saves us. Let's stand and sing.